You're listening to CounterTalks, Canada's podcast for the equipment and event rental industry. CounterTalks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. Hi everyone and welcome to CounterTalks. I'm Pat Flannery. Today we spoke with Josh Nickel from the ARA and uh, Brock Pennell from uh, Westland Insurance. Uh, they were on to talk about and really launch uh, the new ARA uh, members only insurance product that is being offered now in uh, Canada. Uh, it's still uh, in its early stages, but uh, it's out there and uh, people can certainly uh, take advantage of it if they want to. Um, we did have a, a big general discussion about insurance, uh, how it works, uh, why uh, insuring the rental industry for property and liability risk is uh, especially uh, problematic and has been difficult historically for insurance companies. Talked about some of the differences between the US and Canada. Uh, talked about some ways that you can uh, mitigate your risk and ultimately lower your premiums. Um, talked about things like uh, the difficulty with uh, keeping the right coverage with the crazy uh, changes in prices and property values during uh, following COVID. Um, we talked about the problem of, uh, of course, uh, equipment conversion, uh, otherwise known as theft, uh, and uh, how that creates some special uh, difficulties for risk and uh, many other things. Uh, so it's uh, it's informative. Uh, insurance uh, doesn't always strike everybody as the most exciting topic, but it's something we need to know about in our businesses and uh, something certainly of special interest to us here in the equipment and event rental industries. So uh, please enjoy my conversation with Josh Nickel and Brock Penner. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, Canadian rental industry, it's uh, Pat Flannery coming to you on uh, Counter Talks again. And uh, today I am uh, very pleased to be joined by uh, Josh and Brock. Uh, Josh is from uh, the ARA, uh, and uh, I'm going to get both these guys to introduce themselves so, uh, so I don't have to do it. Uh, and uh, Brock is from Westland Insurance, but, and the big topic today is going to be uh, the insurance product that uh, the ARA and Westland have worked together to uh, generate for uh, ARA members in Canada, which is kind of a, an interesting uh, new development, uh, I, I think, this year. So, Josh, let's start with you. Uh, uh, give us uh, give us yourself and uh, 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 your background and uh, and what you do for ARA. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Pat. Um, so. My grandfather was an equipment rental. My dad was an equipment rental. I swore up and down it was not going to be in the equipment rental industry. And yet here I am. Turns out it's a pretty, pretty cool place to be. I ran my own equipment rental company for a number of years and was acquired by Sunbelt Rentals in 2017, 2018. Uh, then moved overseas and ran the global operations for a rental software company for a number of years. Uh, came back to the States in 2020 and been a volunteer for the Rental Association for most of my life and all of my career and had the opportunity to join staff. Um, and so you may have heard my counterpart on the podcast uh, a few months ago, James Arbach. He's on the event side. I'm the equipment guy here. Uh, events actually terrify me a little bit. You know, in the equipment side, if something breaks down, you just give them some more time, swap them out. It's not a big deal. But if you ruin somebody's wedding, that's on you for life. And I don't need that on me. So <laughs> I work with the equipment folks for the most part. Um, but I'm happy to chat with everybody and just excited to be here today. 
Josh is here and he's frightened of events. Let's just uh, have that out there. And I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Uh, dealing absolutely. with the brides uh, is, a, is another, uh, another level. Uh, absolutely. Josh, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, okay. Brock, Penner, uh, Westland Insurance. Uh, tell us all about yourself and, uh, and what you do for Westland. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm excited as well. Uh, yeah, I'm Brock Penner. been with Westland Insurance. Well, I've been in insurance for 14, almost 15 years. Was previously in the auto industry. Uh, used to sell cars and trucks, or mostly trucks, to some of the rental stores around here. Um, been in insurance and uh, been working with a local rental store here for a number of years and kind of got introduced to the ARA about a year ago, I'd say. And we've been kind of in talks and working on putting something together for uh, the ARA members here in Canada. So it's kind of, uh, it's been a bit of a crawl to walk before you run type of thing, but we're kind of getting there. We're, uh, we've kind of got it put together now. It's uh, looking good and uh, looking forward to kind of starting to roll this thing out and uh, working with the members and seeing what we can do and, uh, and helping everybody out. Coming it's to us from of... Vernon, BC, is that right, uh, Brock? Yeah, I'm in Vernon, BC. Uh, yeah, on the West Coast here. And yeah, yeah so... I... I can see the view out your window there. It's uh, uh, beautiful. We've got uh, we got uh, it looks like some uh, mountains in the background. Uh, it's a it's a far cry from where I am. It's flat as a pancake here. So, <laughs> yeah, we can uh, yeah. see the mountains. Hopefully, we can see the mountains for the remainder of the summer. We get uh, we get in forest fire season pretty bad here sometimes, and sometimes uh -oh. my view is just a big gray wall like last year and a previous few years. But knock on wood, uh, we keep blue skies here for the next two or three months, and that would be great for everybody. Now, is, is Westland based there, uh, Brock, or are you uh, in a remote office? No, I'm in uh, one of their offices here in BC. Westland's uh, head office is in uh, South Surrey, just outside of Vancouver. And um, Westland's kind of uh, had some pretty amazing growth over the last number of years. We were purchased, I was a small brokerage, and we were purchased just over four years ago by Westland Insurance. At that time, we were their 82nd office uh, that they own, primarily BC, some in Alberta, some in the prairies. And uh, in the four years since they bought us, we get emails pretty regularly. We're over 225 locations right across Canada. So their growth has been tremendous. So we have offices from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast now, uh, right to the Atlantic provinces. Um, and they continue to grow and purchase, uh, you know, I think focusing Ontario being such a big market, but uh, yeah, we've got reach right across the country now, which is uh, somewhat unique and not all brokerages have that. So. Hmm. Cool. Well, that sounds like a great partner for the IRA for sure. Um, Josh, let's, let's, let's start with the big picture, uh, I, I guess, from a rental perspective. Um, um, what are the, what are the challenges that rental stores encounter when they're, when they're trying to get insurance? It's, it's always, uh, it's, it's, it's always a struggle. It's, it's always been something that, uh, I, I think stores have to get creative. Um, what, 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 what do you hear from people when they're about, about their efforts to get insurance for their, for their fleets? Yeah. Rental's really unique in that we get the stuff back. Um, not only that, it looks like it's a high risk industry because when you're talking about a 120 foot boom, a skidster loader, or even a tiller that could run over your foot, um, it seems like a really high risk industry. And so I think when a lot of insurance companies look at it, they really understand retail. It's a giant industry. They really understand manufacturing, but with rental only really being about a hundred year old industry and being more of like the part of the sharing economy or more circular economy, it's just there's a lot of unknowns for, for insurance companies and insurance companies don't always like unknowns. Um, it, it increases the risk for them. And so that's why as an association, we really try to come together and bring together 
um, either insurance companies or groups that really understand the industry, can help them with both safety and be consultants, um, but understand the risk profiles, understand the idea of stuff coming in and, and going back, understand the different needs of different types of coverage for a rental company. I mean, even some of the terminology that we use is a little confusing, like inland marine. Um, I, as soon as somebody says that, I think about a boat somewhere in a marina. You know, I don't think about my equipment fleet out on a lot. Um, so there's that education process that I think that has to happen for the, the rental company and the insurance industry. I know in a lot of cases, um, as a rental store owner myself, I only had one or two options for insurance. And I think that's an important place for an association to step in and make sure that there's a high quality coverage that's available for their industry, that understands their industry, that acts like a partner, um, not just a you know somebody who comes in, audits you, and then tries to catch you making mistakes. And that's not, that's not what an association partnership is with an insurance company. I, I love that point. Uh, I did uh, I grow up with a father who was in banking, uh, and I remember always, um, <clears throat> or, or as I went on, uh, becoming interested in how important it is for these financial institutions and financial product providers to understand the the industry that they're that they're that they're dealing with. Um, um, why are banks so keen on lending for mortgages? Why are banks so keen on lending for auto loans? And then almost anything else, it's like getting a proctology exam to get money out of them. Uh, it's because they understand houses and they understand real estate and they mm -hmm. understand cars and they know what a car is and, and, and whether you can sell it again or not and what the value is going to do. Um, so it's, it's all these risk assessments enter into it. And, uh, and, and yeah, like you say, the rental industry is particularly hard to understand because it isn't making a product. Putting it, get, getting rid of it for an X value of money, and and you know there's there's this constant rotating uh, a stream of revenue that's attached to depreciation on the equipment. Uh, mm -hmm. It makes it uh, it makes it difficult for for companies to understand. Uh, bringing you in, Brock, why has Westland been able to understand this industry? You you guys have had a like you, I, I think we we're talking before you've had a, a fairly long history in dealing with rental, uh, one way or another. Uh, how have you guys gotten your heads around this? Well, yeah, like I mentioned, we I have, have done insurance for a number of years for a rental store. And uh, us understanding this one thing is getting the insurance company and really the underwriters to understand it on their side of things. So kind of like Josh mentioned, it is a bit unique. It is a bit different. You're not selling a product and it's leaving and it's gone. It's it's returning and it's also giving up control of your equipment to an operator that's not yours maybe not trained not understanding it's it's your equipment is being used by somebody outside of your supervision and outside of your control and uh, you're giving up that control so insurance companies don't like the unknowns they don't like what they don't know um and they also like history they want to know you know what's the loss ratio been like what's uh our 10-year history, what's our 20-year history? And uh, with so few markets, insurance markets doing it in Canada, uh, there's just not that history that they can look at. So they're always uh, scared of anything new. You get into any new business, no matter what it is, if it's Airbnbs or cannabis in the last number of years, insurance companies don't have history on these things. So they they always err on the side of caution. They're worst case scenario thinkers. So they, they, have, they have to think, what's the worst case that could happen? And when they don't have history to back up they kind of shoot for the stars and will you know maybe charge more than they should just to err on the side of caution so it's getting them to understand it um and showing them the positives because 
they are worst case scenario thinkers. So they just think, what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, we kind of got to explain to them that it's a good risk, words we use, you know, good business. The, the, the equipment, uh, the property that we're insuring is the ultimate spread of risk, I call it. You know, it's spread out all over the place. The chances of one big loss happening, which they're always the most concerned about catastrophic losses, they call it, is very, very low in your guys' industry because the equipment is rented. It's all over. It's out there, so to all over the place, you know, you're not going to have one event that eliminates a whole bunch of the property that they're insuring. So it's, you got to show them the positives because they're always thinking of the negatives. So it's just kind of been that kind of challenge is just communicating with them and getting them to think positively rather than negatively, but there, that's just, uh, so that's the kind of the process we've been going through uh, for the last year with, uh, and since we started talking with ARA. Yeah, that that's really yeah, sir, go ahead, Josh. That's a great example, Brock. I was thinking about the exact same thing. I mean, when when a underwriter looks at something, they're they're noticing all the risk, right? They're not necessarily looking at the opportunities. And when you think about insuring, let's say, a million dollars in assets, when you're used to a manufacturing or a retail environment, all those assets are in one place at the same time. So if a fire hits, a storm hits, you know, anything catastrophic hits, you lose all those assets. Whereas in a rental company, you know, hopefully 50% or more of those assets are out on rent and out on different job sites across a broad area. So it is incredibly unlikely that you would ever have a total loss in one area and your losses are usually minimized. It's you know, one loss here or on this job site there or that place there. Um, and and you know educating and being able to show those loss ratios. You know, ARA having a, uh, a U.S. insurance operation where we can actually track that and then share that information with insurance partners to say, hey, these are you know this is the loss ratio that you really normally see. This is the risk that you're getting. Allows us to skip some steps and speed up the process for an insurance company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we shared that information back and forth. I mean, we get differences between Canada and the United States. So us in Canada, no offense, Jonathan, insurance companies are scared of the United States. You say uh, you're selling something to the U.S. or you're providing something or anything that where the United States comes up and it's like the brains get pulled back. Uh, it's a worrisome. It's, it's the it's the sue mentality or what we see in the news everybody gets sued for everything it's just our court systems work a little bit differently so you, you know we provide the numbers but the, on the liability side insurance kind of breaks down into two categories there's property which everybody kind of thinks about the customer you know you want to insure your property meaning your equipment your building your assets but the liability side is uh, as big in our world as as that side, that's where yeah, somebody gets hurt or property damage happens. And so um, on the U.S. side of uh, things, those liability numbers are a bit higher than what we typically kind of on average run or see in Canada. So it is somewhat comparable, um, but just the numbers are so much bigger in the United States, too. You know, I mean, Canada's got a population about the size of California. So it's <laughs> it's it's there's some comparables there. But um, like that U.S. thing always just scares the daylights out of any Canadian insurance company. No, no, that's a great point, too. I mean, that's why as ARA of Canada, we really wanted to partner with somebody who is local, who understood the local needs the local market and could give them local products. Um, you know, that's that's really important to us and our membership. Yeah, it must be. So it must be actually easier to insure for liability in Canada, right, Brock? Because the, the court awards are, are are nothing like the U.S. And uh, and and so you're, uh, you know, you basically, do you not even have to carry as much? 
Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, I guess the cost would probably be lower in comparison. Whenever we run into customers that do cross-border stuff, you know, do manufacture something and sell it in Canada and the U.S., there's there'll be different deductibles and different uh, rules around on the U.S. stuff as opposed to the Canadian stuff, and the costs are definitely higher. Whether that's a knee-jerk reaction on us Canadian side being afraid of the American system, I don't know for sure. And every insurance company can be a little bit different, so we typically shop those around a fair bit just because it can really vary on the liability side of things when you're dealing or talking with anything to do with the United States. So yeah, I, I think limit-wise, we're probably not really any different from what I see. Um, but it's uh, yeah, the 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 litigation side of things, I think, on our end is a lot lower than what we your the ARA guys would see in the U.S. for sure. Hmm. Okay, Brock, who's better at preventing loss in their equipment fleet, the Canadians or the Americans? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, depends on where you are. You know, it's funny we're in a very, very big country, so you get like I'd mentioned earlier, we get the forest fires here. That's kind of our big thing, and then the prairies, you get the uh hail and the wind and uh possibly tornadoes and then the east coast you get uh, hurricanes and uh, extreme weather and yeah. five feet of snow in two days it's uh, so yeah it depends on where we're talking i guess so and the u.s would be no different you know they got the same thing we do so it's uh and in, uh, in, in ontario you get it stolen in ontario you get it stolen or you get it hit <laughs> by a car in traffic in toronto there you go exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get stolen yeah, hits the ports and is gone <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i guess it could i guess it could vary can it yeah so um yeah so that that that's that's interesting that that gives us a nice percentage i like the spreading risk uh uh point that's uh that's something that i i, I don't think uh, uh everybody has always thought about um the uh the the, the liabilities a, 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 another aspect I, I guess we have a it's probably is it a little easier for westland uh, uh brock because um our liability laws and rules are going to be, if I'm not mistaken, pretty much uniform across the country. Uh, or is there a big, uh, are there, are there, are there big regional differences there? In the no, country? pretty much. Quebec's always the kind of bit of a wild card right. in insurance. They have their own laws and rules around liability. Uh, we're licensed and regulated in the insurance world. And so we have to take, do credits and take courses every year. And I took a liability course this year and it's like this, this rules for all of Canada, but except for Quebec has this different situation. So there is a little bit, but besides that, and so, but most insurance companies understand that and deal with that, know what they're getting into um, when they're in Quebec. I mean, the population's so big there that they uh, can't not, can't ignore it. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah. but yeah, pretty uniform as far as liability across the country. Yeah, whereas Josh, it's definitely state by state, right? In the US. It can definitely get really interesting state by state. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they'd have yeah, there'd be there'd be different things for sure all over the place. Okay, well let's 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 get to the the the, the main point here, which is uh, uh, what has Westland developed uh, uh, as far as a package for uh, Canadian ARA members? Uh, uh, go, Brock, tell tell us all about it. Okay, yeah. So what we've done was, I mean, it has been a year. We've been talking to lots of insurance companies, and you guys do have some of your own unique risks, but that's not unusual. And uh, every industry kind of has their own thing. But you guys certainly, the rental association has some unique risks. And turning over inventory to or 
renting it out to the general public per se is probably the biggest one. So um, there is, as everybody knows, an existing insurance program in Canada here that's been in place for a long time. So definitely looked at that wording and we wanted to make sure that the coverages were all kind of as apples to apples and as comparable as we could get. And to be honest, uh, when we first started looking at it, it's really not that extreme. There's nothing wild that uh, the package program had that was unattainable or was going to be a big sell to a, uh, one of the insurance companies. It was just maybe some increased coverages that they were already offering or just kind of adjusting the wording. Conversion, um, which everybody will probably understand is, you know, the rental side of things, renting something over. So when somebody has rented the equipment from you, you know, what, what point does it become stolen? What point are they still renting it? So got the conversion wording, which uh, match and is probably even a little bit cleaner and, and uh, smaller than the other our program has to offer. And uh, yeah, so it was just kind of finding a company or companies that could scale what the size of uh, the ARA or the Canadian members are. So um, that still is a bit of a work in progress. And, and like every industry, you go, you'll have some small operators and you'll have some very big operators. So uh, the very big operators who have millions and millions in equipment and property and buildings might, you know, will take a little bit of work because what insurance companies like to do is kind of spread out their risk. And so what that means is we'll get a number of insurance companies that will all subscribe to a policy. So one company might take 30%, another one will take 40%. It kind of spreads their risk out. So that's kind of required when we're talking bigger numbers here. So, and if you look at the competitors program, they have three companies on there that kind of take a third, a third, a third, so that they can can do that. So we've we've got a company that is going to be leading the way, very good liability, all the wordings there. And uh, it's just depending on the size and the scope of the customer as we might need to incorporate a few more insurance companies, but we're kind of starting, we've gotten out of the crawling stage and we're into the walking stage and uh, looking forward to seeing what we can put together. And the more we put together and the more we start to get on the books, the better and smoother it will be. And uh, we'll kind of grow this thing. The one thing that's a bit different, a bit odd, a bit ominous in my world is the, the competitors program has a one anniversary date for all the policies, June 1st. So um, the way they do it with their program is a little bit different. So they have the one anniversary date. So that was always the big looming scary thing in the back of my mind as we started working in this in August that June 1st, the date was coming closer and closer. Thought, oh my goodness, I, like, what are we gonna do if this, we put this together? We've gone past that. So what we kind of want to try to do is try to do some on a smaller scale and, and grow it up so that uh, when that big uh, looming anniversary date comes, we kind of have all the procedures in place and uh, can, can uh, attack it as best as we can. Now, uh, Brock, you're talking about uh, uh, different com uh, companies. I, I, I want to make it uh, uh, just just to be clear. Does that mean Westland's a broker then, right? You you guys aren't actually an insurer. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. We're a broker, so we have access to dozens and dozens of insurance companies. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we work that's... with the insurance companies and put policies together. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get it. How, how, uh, how does the insurance industry think about conversion, Brock? Uh, uh, that's, uh, you know, always a fraught topic. Um, is, um, you know, is it, is it, is it basically just the, I guess it's, it must be just considered the same as essentially losing the equipment. It's been completely 
destroyed, eliminated. You've lost all the value. It's it's as if it got dumped in the ocean. Yeah, exactly. And no, it's just understanding that that's part of the operation and putting the conversion wording into the policies. So renting is not a common operation of most businesses. So it's not a it's not a standard form you'd find in most insurance policies because most businesses do not rent anything. Uh, it's not something that they commonly do. So it's just getting that conversion wording included into the policy as rental is the main operation of what you guys do so so yeah it's no it's uh it's not a not a challenge it's just making sure it's included in the policies okay um and so at what point i i like the conversion topic at what point is um like if someone takes the equipment and doesn't return it on time at what point does insurance pay out like, is there, there must be language in your policy saying how long it has to take before uh, before it's considered to be converted. I don't know that a, there's a specific uh, in the wording, a timeline. It's just when, the, when it hasn't been returned, you can't get in contact with the person. It's gone beyond the contract time or what was, what was initially agreed upon. I think there's processes that are, that need to be put in place. You know, you'd have to contact the RCMP. You'd have to file the equipment's been stolen. There's certain triggers that any insurance company would need to see as kind of proof that, that it is been stolen rather than just we're not sure where it is. We had bad paperwork kind of kind of deal. So um, there's not a specific timeline, but there is procedures in place that would need to be followed or need to be done uh, in order to proceed with that lost or stolen equipment so you'd be working with an adjuster type thing and 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 it's like when everybody agrees that it's gone and it ain't coming back that's, that's right it's like any insurance claim you deal with an adjuster your house gets broken into you you do some paperwork you call the rcmp and there's a proof of loss form that you sign it's kind of like notarizing saying this in fact did happen similar type of thing what would happen on the conversion and on the lost or stolen side of thing you could call the rcmp you get a number you talk to them they start looking for it or what they do and then you there's paperwork that needs to be done with an adjuster in the insurance world we always use adjusters because claims are their own thing so there's adjusters uh that that's what they do they deal with claims they do the paperwork they walk you through what needs to be done they work with you between you and the insurance company and getting the, the claim sorted out so as a broker the adjusters look after the claims but we can and do get involved if need be so sometimes adjusters they can take on a lot of work it's uh it would be a funny business you kind of plot along and then a natural disaster happens and holy cow how do you keep up you know we're around here with a big forest fire last year well 80 homes were lost in in my little area here well we only have so many adjusters and how do they handle all that sort of thing so sometimes it's a little squeaky wheel gets the grease you got to kind of give them a call and they might have 100 files on their desk that they're working with so as a brokerage we can help kind of move that along and put you to the top of the list or, or say the right things and what needs to be done so um, but yeah it would be no different than uh, having a piece of equipment lost via fire or, or whatever it's just uh, a bit of a, a procedure to follow just run down a bit for me brock what, what what's actually in the coverages 
for, uh, for, for rental stores? Uh, uh, what, what are the different areas and, and, and liabilities or, or risks that are covered? Well, it'd be no different than any other insurance policy. You know, you, you cover your equipment, you cover your property that you have, and you have your liability coverages. So you can pick the limits for your liability. Two million is kind of the base standard. We can go to three, we can go to five. If somebody wants to look beyond five million and go to 10 million, there's ways of, of doing that too. It's usually with a, a kind of an umbrella policy. On the property side of things, yeah, you want to insure everything you have in your store, whether you own the building or you rent the building, you have leasehold improvements, you have contents, you have computers and desks, you have equipment that doesn't leave the store. Your mechanics might have their own tools. Uh, you might have tools for them. You might have a, a bunch of equipment that you use to service the the equipment. And then you got your equipment that does go out and gets rented. Um, there's different deductible options. There's different ways of, of looking at it. We can ensure the equipment that's while it's at the store, maybe the smaller stuff, the stuff under $5,000, we insure it at the location. So if there is one big fire loss, a tornado loss, something that, that and you, you lose a lot of that equipment at the store, it's covered. If that, $1,500 post pounder or generators out and about uh, being rented and it doesn't return and it's lost or stolen. Are you going to want to put a claim through for with a thousand dollar deductible and a $1,500 item? Maybe not. So there's just different ways of looking at it so that your insurance is a funny thing. You never want to over insure, but you never want to under insure. It's kind of finding that uh, middle ground that everybody's happy with and understands. And so that's kind of uh in the policies we've written so far in the last month or so, that's kind of a conversation I like to have with the owner or whoever's in charge is, is what's your comfort level? What's the deductible that you're okay with? Uh, and just kind of work on that so that you're not, everybody hates to overinsure. Everybody hates underinsurance once a claim happens because then that's when you realize that you're underinsured. So you just never want to, you want to find that uh, happy ground. So are we like, like overinsurance, underinsurance, um, like as a, as a percentage of what the value of your fleet is, what, what, what would you guys recommend? What's the, like, like you just, you want to have like just enough to cover whatever you think it is, uh, or is it, is there, is it advantageous to have a little more, uh, is it advantageous to have a little less considering deductibles? Uh, where, 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 where do you guys think the sweet spot is there? Well, insurance companies always need to ensure what you do have, what the potential of a loss is. Now, like we discussed earlier, in the rental world, the, the odds of having a total loss are pretty much zero because your equipment is all over the place. But on the insurance company side, you kind of got to think in their eyes, they need to ensure everything that you have, not just potentially what you could lose. If you just insured what you could potentially lose, insurance companies would just have to charge way more for that because uh, that wouldn't just make sense for their their model how they do it so yeah basically everybody seems to from what i've dealt with keep an inventory list um, of what they have the trick is coming up with the value there's a few different ways of looking at it there's a replacement cost value what it costs to buy that piece of equipment again new there's an actual cash value what what it would cost you to go and buy that same piece of equipment with similar hours and condition use and then there's the number that the accountants use they like to amortize things down fairly quickly you typically quicker than the value goes down for bookkeeping purposes so we're in the insurance world we'll offer replacement costs up to three years or five years on equipment and then it's actual cash value. So it's kind of finding that magical number. It's, and it's not a perfect science. It's, uh, it's, it's 
constantly changing. You might have bought two identical pieces of machine three years ago, and one's got way more hours and have been used harder or heavier than the other piece of equipment you bought at the same time. So it's it's just kind of looking at the inventory list and coming up with something that kind of makes everybody happy. So it's not an exact science by any means, but uh, it's uh, it's something that he's kind of, I've been working with who I've been talking to and trying to come up with that number. And it's something that they all been dealing with. It's, this isn't new to anybody. This is something you have to do for your insurance policies all the time. So every year. Right. Well, in a lot of cases, you're going to come back and you're going to report to them your, your total inventory value at original cost and then your revenues. Um, in between the two of those, you can start to get an idea of how much that inventory is rented and where it's rented and those types of things. So they're taking into account that type of stuff in their equation. You're not, you're not usually, if ever, trying to estimate what percentage of your, of your equipment at original cost is on your, um, your, your branch at one time. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, Josh, was was that actually the rental industry should be pretty good for this because because most guys are uh, are having to track pretty closely uh, what the value of the fleet is like on an ongoing basis. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's, you know, with the, with the, the depreciation, the condition of the equipment, uh, all that kind of thing that they're 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 actually paying pretty close attention to that. Right. Yeah, we do. I mean, we track um, current value. We track depreciated value. We track tax depreciation. Um, but in a lot of cases, when we talk to a rental operator, we look at things at an OEC value or original equipment cost. And that's a way for us to more adequately compare. Um, you know, as an insurance company, they do care about if things are older or worth worth less. But certainly if you've got a policy where they're going to replace it with something new, right. they're more concerned about original equipment value than they are your depreciated costs, especially if you're using some sort of accelerated depreciation uh, for accounting purposes. Yeah, right, right, exactly. And it's um, a role as a moving target. And from who I've dealt with, it's constantly replacing older, selling stuff off and constantly buying. So it's uh, it, it's a moving target. The insurance companies understand that when we've made that very clear in our talks to them. And, and when I do the renewal with the company, the, the, the good size one that I do here, we let them, you know, this is a snapshot of what the inventory looks like right now, but this is a moving, this is an evolving, moving thing. So uh, this is uh, kind of try to make that as clear to the them as as possible. Because yeah, constantly buying and selling and upgrading and, uh, and getting new equipment. So it's not like every Friday we're going to need a list from you as to what you bought this week and sold this week. Uh, you know, in some cases they might want to see a quarterly report, um, other cases not. And and in the insurance world, they always give you at least a 10% buffer typically. Uh, they want you to insure to at least 90% of what you have. And the reason they use that is, is things move. And as we all know, in the last two years, things have moved incredibly. You know, building costs, replace, equipment replacement costs. It's the last couple of years uh, since this COVID thing started, it's just been a, a bit of a wild time with uh, how do you determine the replacement costs? You know, the, the building you built on your property four years ago for $500,000 might cost you $1.2 million to replace it now. And it, it's changed so much in the last year even. So, um, Insurance companies understand that this last couple of years has been a bit of a wild time, um, so they usually kind of give you a bit of a bit of a buffer uh, when it comes to that sort of things. Good tip, good thought. Uh, this would be the time, uh, right, to rush to your policies and be taking another look at, uh, at what your coverages are and 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 what you're set up for, because uh, 
you know, for a long time, you could just sort of count on this bumping along 2% inflation, whatever. Uh, but uh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's changed pretty radically. So that might be, uh, you know, among all the other things you have to look at these days, that might be something else to pull out of the old file folder and, uh, and, and, and think about is, uh, is uh, what's my, where's my insurance at? And does it make any sense for, for what the actual value of my things are now, right? Certainly, yeah. The last couple of years have been pretty wild, and rebuilding costs and and just purchasing costs. You know, everybody has stories of how long it takes them to, you know, order something that normally took two months to get now takes eight months to get, and the cost has gone up, and the shipping cost has gone up, and the fuel and the, everything, everything is, is we're in kind of some volatile times right now for sure. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely a good time to relook at and uh, and make sure that uh, what you have coverage for is is adequate. How often in the normal world, Brock, would would you guys advise insurance companies to look at their look at their coverages and 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 sort of rethink those things? Is it a yearly thing? Is it can you leave it for a couple of years? What 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 well, normally we, would you be thinking about? We renew the policies every year, and every year you have a conversation with the uh, customer. Commercial insurance is a bit different. Home insurance, they kind of hit the renew button and it gets mailed out and uh, they increase it by a percentage. But in commercial insurance, we, especially when there's property involved, we, I call the customer and have that conversation. Yeah. Pre two, three years ago, you increase it by two or 3% for inflation and that should be fine. Um, now insurance companies are using five or 6%. Is that enough? Probably not. Uh, I've been trying to uh, advise all my customers to uh, have a look at at those replacement costs because they certainly have changed. You know, you can get appraisals. There's things you can do, um, but yeah, it's definitely something that we're having a lot more conversations about in the last year than we had in the previous ten years before that because it's just uh, it's everything's gone up so much, and some things have gone up and then come back down, and some things have gone up and stayed. It's a uh, uh, yeah, it's not uh, it hasn't been easy for sure. Okay. Josh, talk about, um, you know, ARA has had insurance products uh, uh, in the U.S. Uh, available to members uh, for, uh, for some time. Uh, obviously, the, the, the CRA here in Canada is doing and was doing uh, our, our, our thing up here. Um, what, um, tell me about um, 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 the ARA wanting to, to have something for Canadian members. Uh, where did that idea come from? How, how did how did how did that come about? What was what was the impetus for this initiative to get in partnership with Westland in Canada? Well, I mean, it, with like with everything we do as a nonprofit, it's it comes from the members themselves to support members. Uh, so one of the folks on our board of directors is always Canadian, um, and uh, Angie in this case, who uses Westland, uh, was really instrumental in in seeing a need for our membership to have improved options for insurance coverage and. Uh, between her and our U.S. insurance company and then our staff, um, we just went on the hunt for is there a better or uh, an option that would be a better partnership for Canadian members. And we, over about a year's period of time, found somebody who we felt like was going to be a really good partner for our members. You know, it, for me, for example, um, you know, I used to use my agent as a almost a consultant. Um, I'd bring them into my business, have them look at what I'm doing, my coverages, my processes, and it was a real benefit to me. And when you can have a relationship like that with your insurance company, it, it really brings a lot of value. And we wanted to make sure that uh, all of our members, including our Canadian members, had that local support that could do that for them and understood their needs. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to be using Brock in that capacity in, 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 in the next question. Sorry, go ahead, Brock. I was going to say on that point, um, what we plan to do and what we are going to be doing is, is have kind of provincial reps. So I'm in BC, I can deal in BC and it's, and we'll have people in the prairies and across the country. And I think that's uh, like Josh mentioned, it's kind of uh, important to understand your territory, you know, to have one broker looking after everybody in Canada, you know, there's definitely territorial risks or concerns or uh, things that can be brought up. And I think by having somebody in each province who will look after that province and the members in that province, it will definitely be an advantage because it's kind of local knowledge kind of thing. Like I mentioned earlier, in the West, we got forest fires and in the prairies, they got hail and wind and different concerns and then what they do in the East. And so to, to have representation and somebody looking after uh, the members in each one of the provinces, I think it'll be a, uh, a good thing. How's your how's your uh, how's your Sri Lankan machinery gang uh, scam stole stealing uh, uh, coverage, Brock? Is that uh, <laughs> one of our favorite Ontario. ones here in Toronto? The Ontario thing there again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. funny enough, I kind of uh, also do a, a car dealer program, and uh, and the the company that runs the car dealer program put out an email, of, I think in December, kind of warning of that. Uh, yeah the theft ring going on that they had seen an incredible spike in uh, yeah. high-end uh, automobile thefts in the uh, Toronto area and, and at some scams of the dealerships so everybody to be on on a heightened awareness of that going on so make uh, make sure that make sure the bank draft actually clears before you <laughs> ship the equipment okay yeah. it may it may just be something the guy has printed out <laughs> exactly yeah make sure the photo on the on his driver's license matches who you're looking at yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so uh explain to me then uh, uh josh what actually is the deal for uh ara members here obviously anybody can pick up the phone and call westland um what's uh what's special about the uh the relationship with ara well, whenever we pick a prepared provider, which is really a relatively rare thing, we don't like to pick winners and losers unless it's something that really makes sense for members. And so some of the stuff that Brock's already discussed about having regional reps who really understand rental, to be able to get really high quality pricing and the right coverage for rental companies, that's not an easy thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not something a bunch of insurance companies want to invest the time and, and money into doing. And so in a case like that, it makes sense to pick a partner and invest in them with our data, with their data, uh, to support something that, that gives a better product to members than they could do on their own. And at a scale, too. Right, right. Yeah. So it's really a matter of ARA has done the work here of, uh, of, of, of vetting some people, finding some people who are willing to engage with this industry. And you're basically making the recommendation to members that this is, you know, this is who we think you should work with. That's right. And in most cases, we've found so far that that means they get, you know, better coverage, so more comprehensive, uh, a lot of times cheaper coverage, uh, more understanding underwriters, more understanding local reps, you know, all those things add up to a lot of value. You hear that, Brock? It's cheaper coverage. So that's that's nice to know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> never never <laughs> overpromise. Every everybody is everybody just dove on that grenade, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good one. Um Brock, let, well, let's talk about getting cheaper coverage. Not not that, that that's possibly not true, but but um uh, what what are the one of the things that I, I do find 
uh, insurance companies extremely valuable for is uh, uh, good advice on how to uh, manage your risk in your business. Uh, and, uh, and, and I think that, uh, I, I think that insurance companies often have some things to say about, uh, about how to, how to lower your, your chances of loss and, and how to maybe manage things, set things up better, uh, so that you're, uh, so that you're not in trouble, whether or not that translates into lower premiums is who knows. Uh, but, uh, what, um, what, what do you see as the, the pitfalls that rental companies are especially exposed to? that and what can they do to mitigate those things so that so that they're they're not getting in, into difficulties with getting insurance coverage uh, insurance companies always look at your claims history that's kind of the big thing that they always look at so um and then the and the limited exposure i've had is uh theft seemed to be a bit of a a bit of a rash that happened a few years ago. So, uh, and I think everybody kind of saw what was happening and uh, kind of clamped down and tightened up their the procedures a little bit. You know, maybe uh, you know collecting more information, uh, customer information, getting credit cards, getting IDs, getting copies of that sort of thing, and and uh, you know taking those phone calls without seeing the people, just kind of getting to know the customers a bit bit better, understanding who your customers are. Um, you guys have been all in the industry for a long time. You know what's kind of best for uh, you and what's the best thing to do. So the insurance companies, it's um, yeah, nothing really specific, uh, but it's just kind of the more procedures you have in place as far as vetting who the customer is, having checkout sheets on your equipment, looking over the equipment, having checklists with your, with your customers, the more procedures like that that you have in place, kind of the better. So uh, that sort of thing is, is definitely good. And it seems from what I've seen that your industry is definitely uh, moving in that direction if they haven't already. What about investing in things like GPS tracking on the machinery and uh, and 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 uh, lockouts and 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 being able to remote lockout machinery, that kind of thing. Is that the sort of thing an insurance company would look at and say, you know, hey, we can do something on your premiums if you've got all this? Oh, absolutely, for sure. But I mean, there's definitely costs involved in with getting that equipment. Yeah, so right. That's what I'm wondering everybody. about is, is it worth it? Yeah, yeah. So they definitely, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, or a larger equipment dealer had some bigger equipment and 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 implemented that technology and that would definitely be noted it would be similar to having them monitor alarm on your house you know it's not gonna i can't say it'll translate to a 10 percent exact discount but it's it's something that they take into consideration for sure we're commercial insurance and most people know home insurance and auto insurance and that's a bit different on your home or your auto side it's all about you it's do you have an alarm system uh, you know what's your claims history how old are you how old is your house uh, do you have a mortgage there's specific discounts you get on the commercial side of things it's kind of how the group is doing so it's it's how they lump everybody into that operation so the better that everybody's doing in that operation the better the group will do as a whole however they will look at you individually I look at your claims history look at maybe your procedures they want to see a copy of your rental agreement you know more information we could have them on a fence yard with security cameras and lighting and gps tracking systems the more of that there is the better the rates can be it's there's not a specific you do this you'll get this percentage but it's they take all that into consideration certainly and that's, that's something that's that's really common for people to think. I actually remember asking some of those same questions as a rental operator. 
Um, ARA has a really great uh, drive, professional driver training that uh, we were using. And we asked that specific question. Well, we're using this driver training program that you've created and then ensuring through one of your preferred providers, you know, where's my discount for doing this? And, you know, my insurance agent sat me down and explained the same thing. But, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of makes sense. I may not necessarily get a discount today off of that. But if I'm training my drivers really well, and that's a really high risk area, then I'm going to have less accidents. I'm going to have less losses uh, through my deliveries. And that over time is going to equate to less cost. And so it's not necessarily that you know immediate payback of it, but if you're following the, the best processes, the best practices, procedures, you're preventing theft, you're training your employees well, you're doing onboarding, you're doing certifications, you're making sure that they're safe, you're making sure that your team goes back home in the same or better condition than they showed up for work that day, over time, that's going to pay off a lot. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, and, and like Brock said, the claims history is probably the biggest, the biggest driver, right? It's, it's, it's like the, the past performance is going to predict the future performance. So <clears throat> that's something they really want to look at. Um, Brock, another thing, uh, 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 we love our event people. Um, this insurance is available to the, uh, to the event stores, uh, obviously, uh, any, any rental store, yeah. uh, anything, anything special you can say about, about the event industry and insuring over there is it, are, are there differences or is it broadly the same as insuring an equipment rental store? Broadly the same thing. Um, you know, they have property, you know, their equipment rentals is different, but it's in the insurance industry eyes basically the same so you know renting a bobcat skid steer and cables and tablecloths and cutlery certainly is different it's still turning over property to somebody else renting it out so in mm. uh, in the basic core of it, it it's certain it's basically the same thing to the insurance companies so yeah. maybe more of it maybe more of it would fall into that small category though right uh, that you were talking about where um the, the concern is more about uh, ensuring the, the 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 whole fleet versus catastrophic loss of a fire or something like that, uh, rather than you know the, the individual. I mean, if if somebody absconds with your linens, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not going to make a claim on that. Uh, but uh, but that's more like that, right? Certainly, absolutely, yeah. You have a, a lot of inventory sitting at your location at any given time, and mm. I would think maybe more so on on the party rental side than than the equipment side of things. So, yeah, you want to make sure that the coverage you have for your location is adequate for everything that you, that you do have. Yeah, and gross revenue. Josh talked on it briefly before. Gross revenue is a, a big thing that we need for the insurance company because so they use that to determine your liability costs so the more business you're doing the more revenue you're doing the more chances of a liability claim happening so that's uh insurance companies ask for that but then it, that also applies to the business interruption coverage as well too so um the, the insurance companies ask that question every year and it's a kind of an important number primarily for the liability costs hmm interesting Guys, where can, uh, I don't know who wants to take this, maybe Josh, uh, where can ARA members go to uh, to find out more? Actually, I would turn that over to Brock because he's okay, going to want to go directly to their local folks. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've just this last week put together uh, an application form that we can uh, send out to anybody. Um, as far as who to contact, that's a, a good question. Um, 
Um, I'm not positive where that uh, application is going to be. I don't know on the website. Um, I'm, I not, believe... I'm not hearing Brock Penner's personal email address coming out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me say, let me, let me say this then. Um, you can absolutely contact member services. My email is josh.nickel with two L's at ARARunnel.org. Um, and you can reach out to me. You can reach out to anybody in member services. We can get you to the right people, help Perfect. you check the right boxes. Uh, eventually, it will be uh, both available on our website and their website with a lot of information, details. But you know, we are happy to hold your hand throughout the process. And you can always call us with any question. This is this is that new. I'm gonna I'm gonna call this the launch of the ARA Canadian insurance program. I mean, you know, this is, this is still, uh, still taking formation here. So uh, it's that's, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. A great, a great time to, a great time to, uh, to, to, to let everybody know all about it. Uh, well, and we're going to be at the conference, me and a coworker in uh, September in yes. uh, Toronto. And yes. uh, also it sounds like the, uh, uh, Orlando show in February as well too so yes. yeah this definitely is early the launch so uh, we'll get these things hammered out um, but yeah we're, we're very much looking forward to going and meeting some people and and uh, after two years of sitting in this office not doing very much I'm looking forward to getting out and actually seeing people <laughs> and, and shaking hands and uh, get out and about so I'm uh, really looking forward to September I as mentioned uh, we talked before I went to college in Ontario and I haven't been back there in uh 22 years so uh, wow <laughs> looking forward to flying back out to uh toronto in september and uh, seeing some people you heard it here first folks the triumphant return of brock penner <laughs> to ontario <laughs> happens at that conference i should mention is the canadian rental mart run by your favorite canadian rental trade magazine uh and uh it's happening september 27th and 28th uh yeah. in uh, mississauga and uh, these guys are, well, Brock, at least, I, I know Angie Venecamp is going to be there uh, yep. for sure. Uh, we're uh, having a little ARA meeting there as well. And uh, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a chance to uh, talk to Brock about uh, about all of this stuff. And uh, and he gets to find out what's happened to Toronto in the last 22 years, which uh, may or may not be a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> very much looking forward to it yeah no it's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to be a great event we're uh, we're really excited to get everybody together again <laughs> after uh after two years of nothing and and several postponements uh so uh it's uh th that'll be a great opportunity to talk to these guys about all this stuff josh nickel ara uh brock penner westland insurance thank you guys so much for joining us today and uh and telling us all about these uh these exciting developments for the canadian rental market Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Pat. Thanks for joining us for Counter Talks. You can find Counter Talks episodes online at CanadianRentalService.com or on the major podcasting services. Counter Talks is a presentation of Canadian Rental Service Magazine.